What's up, everybody? I am Zach, and welcome back to the Random Red Shirt Podcast. With me, co-hosting, is my good buddy, Chris. Chris, how are you doing? Hello, hello. I am doing great, Zach. What's up, everyone? So great to be here. Thanks for having me, Zach. This is, um, as you know, this is wonderful. We super enjoy doing it, and thanks for everyone around the world for listening to us, right? Yes. Uh, Lots of people around the world. Uh, other countries like Germany and so forth, Thailand. Thailand. Yes. My people. So, that's right. You're, you, the motherland, Chris. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It, it, it really is. And we really do appreciate all you all you listening. If this is your first time listening to Random Merchant Podcast, we're just two nerdy guys who like talking about nerdy things. And uh, obviously the, the name for our podcast we got from Star Trek from the random red shirt that dies all the time in the original series of Star Trek. And uh, we, we, we talk about all sorts of stuff, not just Star Trek related, but today we are talking Star Trek, which of course, as those of you who have been listening to this podcast for a while now, know is very near and dear to my heart. And today on this episode, as you may have seen from the title, is Star Trek Picard Season 1 Review. Now Star Trek Picard Season 1 has been out for a while now. And so we, we thought that this would be a good time as season two is now out. In fact, the third episode of Picard season two just dropped, I believe it was yesterday. And so uh, we felt like, hey, this is a good time. Let's go, let's go back and talk about season one of Picard and, and what happened there uh, as there was only 10 episodes. And that kind of sets those of you up um, if you haven't watched it, although there is going to be spoilers if you have not watched Picard yet. Um and that'll get you ready for for season two. And we'll go back and review season two like we're doing now with season one once season two is wrapped up, right? So that's right. that'll be good. So I'm excited. I'm always, we're, we're always excited to do the podcast. I don't think we're, we're we, we come on here and we're like, uh, yeah, I'm just not really that thrilled about this episode. This is kind of it. like, no, we're always excited. We are. Yeah, we and, love doing these. Yeah. If we didn't love doing them, we wouldn't do them, right? I mean, right. So, um, yeah, we're talking about Star Trek Picard, and there's a lot to get to, a lot to discuss. But first, before we do that, Chris, it's time for our beginning segment that we do every week. And that is, well, not every week, but every episode, and that is our need to know. So, Chris, the first thing our audience needs to know this week, as of the time of this recording, which is the 18th of March, 2022, is Disney has released the first Miss Marvel trailer. This is going to be a streaming show on Disney+. Plus. Just like um, Hawkeye and Falcon and Winter Soldier and these other other shows they've had on there from Marvel, but a Miss Marvel trailer uh, has released, and it looks pretty good. It's a, it follows a, a young girl who uh, you know gains these superpowers and uh, her life and everything, and it looks it looks uh, there's some funny moments and stuff. Um, it looks to be at least from the trailer, it looks to be a little bit, a little bit more lighthearted, I think, than maybe some some of the other shows. Uh, but, but overall it, I'll be curious to see and, and watch it and see, you know, what I think when they did the, uh, the Avengers game, which I think we both have for our consoles. That's right. Um, I believe the, the beginning part of the store, the, uh, one player story mode is the, the girl who becomes Miss Marvel because she's a big fan of the Avengers and kids make fun of her. And you see that in, uh, the show a little bit. So be sure to check out the trailer for Miss Marvel streaming soon on disney plus i think it starts in may um chris what's something else our audience needs to know this week yeah you know i've been reading some science fiction books 
And I just wanted to share one book that I really loved uh, that I recently finished. And the book is called The Algebraist. And it is from an author, Ian Banks. And he's no longer living, but he did. He has quite a volume of, of science fiction books with us. So um, a fascinating book. My friend uh, Scott uh, recommended the book to me, and I'm so glad he did. Thank you, Scott, because it was a wonderful book, and we had a great, great conversation about it. And there's so many, so many uh, great science fiction theories or, or science theories in it, like the simulation theory, like wormhole networks across the galaxy, like artificial intelligence. Um, there are even like gas giant beings that live in gas giant planets that live millions of years and they're called dwellers. Um, and there's a galactic war spanning in this book. And there's a, a group of, of scholars and academics that kind of they study the dwellers and, you know, study the galaxy and they kind of propel the story forward. I really enjoyed this book. This was a, a book where you have to read kind of with no distractions, really, because the, the way that the language is, is written, you really have to pay attention. Um, but that's nice, too, to be able to, to be there and to read it without distractions and get you get yourself lost lost in this book so for our listeners if you like reading science fiction i uh, highly encourage you to read this book it's called the algebraist so um, yeah, that sounds really good actually you got me you got me intrigued and, and i've told our audience i'm not the most avid reader <laughs> as far as like novels and stuff go so yeah. you got me intrigued though chris i might have to check that out for sure nice nice yeah, yeah. sounds I pretty good you, so chris you... the second thing our audience needs to know this week Yes. For those of you who've been listening to the podcast, we did a, I believe, a four-part series on a four or five-part series over the course of season one and season two of this uh, podcast on the 2021 Las Vegas Star Trek convention. And so the 2022 Star Trek convention in Las Vegas this year uh, is going to be held at Bally's, which is on the Strip. So this will be the first time that the convention's been on the actual, like, no-joke middle of the main Strip, as far as I'm aware. Because before, it was, at the, it was at the Rio recently, uh, which is off the main Strip. And then before that, it was at the, the Las Vegas Hilton, which doesn't exist anymore. That was at the end of the Strip, down towards the stratosphere. So, um, you know, it, it, being so well-located right there is going to be fantastic. But tickets are selling fast, and the reason I say that is because myself and and, and our buddy Ray, who, who came on the podcast with for, with us for one of the episodes we were at the convention, um, and and he's listened to the podcast as well. Um, we both bought our tickets last night because tickets are going pretty quick, um, especially the upper packages, the the, the gold uh, patrons, the captain's chair, the copper pass. They're all going pretty quick, especially the copper ones. So. Uh, if you're interested in going to the convention this year um, and you're listening, I suggest you look at getting tickets very soon because even though it's only March, tickets are going very fast. And um, be sure to be on the lookout for the Random Redshirt podcast at the convention this year. Hopefully you can make it, Chris, but if not, I will be there to represent us on your behalf. Yeah, thank you. I hope I can make it too. Last year was my first convention. I loved it so much. It was just, it was great to be there. Um, and oh, by the way, the lineup for this year is absolutely incredible. It really is. So be sure to go to www.creationent.com for more information. And you can find all the uh, information there about who's coming and prices and tickets and all that stuff. 
No, they're not a sponsor of ours. I'm just passing along this information because I do love attending Star Trek conventions. They're so much fun and a blast to share our, uh, one of one of our passions with with the rest of the uh, Star Trek fandom that that, that attends. So uh, that that's fantastic. So be sure to be looking for those tickets. Chris, what's the next thing our audience needs to know this week? Yes, um, you know what's out right now. It just came out recently, and I know you and I have been talking about this, Zach, and kind of contemplating. You know, should we try it out? But it's the game Elden Ring, and it is the hot game right now. I, it's it's from the software man- manufacturer called or the publisher called From Software. Uh, people are loving it. I know it's gotten rave reviews and perfect scores. Uh, and it's from the same publishers that did the Dark Soul games. So uh, it's got uh, a great history and reputation. Uh, and it sounds like it's got multiplayer in it as well. Um, but uh, a fascinating story. The story <coughs> beats were from uh, George R. R. Martin, who helped well, he was the creator of Game of Thrones, so it's got to be really interesting. So, so um, I think you and I are going to take, you know, maybe delve into it and learn learn a little bit more and see what this is all about. And if it's got multiplayer, that'd be cool to do too. Yeah, it looks like from what I read, it's got uh, it's got multiplayer online. <clears throat> Excuse me, it's got uh, uh, multiplayer co op, mm. and then obviously your single player. It is not cross platform compatible, other than within your own family so like xbox one series x and s can play with regular xbox one but xbox can't play with playstation and pc at least from what i read which is unfortunate because i feel like in today's world they should be able to they should be making all these different games cross-platform compatible because then you're really opening up a wealth of of players online that maybe just some of the 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 software platforms and stuff can't support that i'm not sure but um yeah it does look like a great game, really great reviews. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think it's something that we'll dive into um, and, and look into because I think it, it'd be a lot of fun. And you, like you said, J.R. Martin, the writer of uh, – or not J.R., George R. Martin, right? George yeah. R.R. Yeah. I can never say the dude's name. The dude who <laughs> wrote – the dude who created Game of Thrones is was a writer on this. And so I've heard the story. It's really fantastic. So um, another thing, Chris, our audience needs to know for this week is the season four finale of Discovery is now streaming on Paramount Plus. So, Discovery just wrapped up season four, and uh, I'm still behind. I have I'm I'm mowing my way through season two. Uh, I'm going to be going on a work trip, so the good thing is we'll still do our podcast because I'll I'll bring bring my my equipment with me. Um, but uh, I'll be able to binge watch everything, and I'll be able to not only catch up. But since there won't be any new episodes while I'm while I'm gone, I'll be able to catch up and be fully caught up on Discovery by the time I get back, which Ooh, would be nice. great. So that's my goal to get get through and catch up with Discovery by the time I get back from my work trip. So, yeah, that and, and so Chris, what's the last thing our audience needs to know this week before we jump into Picard? Yeah, I have been, and I'll share this when I read more. But I have been reading some some of the works by H.P. Lovecraft. He's a a horror and science fiction writer from the early 19th century the uh, thing so, you said that chris because i was thinking for a second based on the author's name you were reading some sappy romance novel <laughs> <laughs> oh no 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 emphatic I, no you're like nope 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 definitely nope, not. not my genre yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've been enjoying it. um he he's the creator and the author of the the call of cthulhu uh short story and a, a lot of the the mythos of Cthulhu that that has come since. 
So it's been um, really enjoying some of his writing. Um, and, and again, it's kind of the writing where you, you have to be undistracted and just kind of get in, get into it. And since that writing is, and the language is from you know, the early 1900s, uh, it's not difficult by any means, but you just have to uh, have a calm mind to kind of uh, not glaze over it uh, and just kind of spend some time um, reading it and then then the language comes to you. So I'd be happy to share like my um, my reactions of some of his short stories on a future episode. So I'm liking it. Yeah, yeah for sure. And for those of you who are listening, whether you've been listening since the beginning or you're just picking up this podcast, we are on social media. We have a Facebook page. Search for us at the Random Red Shirt Podcast. We're also on Discord at the Random Red Shirt Podcast. So be sure to check us out there. Leave us some comments, likes, follow us on there. Uh, obviously, any whatever podcast platform you're listening on, you can subscribe to us on there and give us ratings. Uh, and that certainly helps us out quite a bit. And it also gives us um, good information on what you might want to hear and see in future content for future episodes in future seasons of the Random Red Shirt Podcast. So that being said, Chris, that's our that's our need to know for this week. Let's now jump into Picard season one. Um, a little bit of backstory here for for our audience, uh, whether they know whether they've looked at this or not. You know, um, when I was looking up some of this information just to make sure I captured it correctly, you know, online on Memory Alpha, which is like the the Star Trek online like wikipedia you know bible with a lower bk lower b um it said on there that that they announced they were doing picard at the 2018 star trek convention in las vegas patrick stewart made the announcement stuff like that that he was coming back to play picard but i swear i didn't i don't think i'm i'm like 99 sure i did not go to the 2018 star trek convention in vegas I went to the 2017 one, and I swear that he brought up this up at the 2017 convention. So I don't know if Wikipedia – or not Wikipedia. Memory Alpha is wrong, or my memory's wrong, and it's probably my memory. But, um, yes, originally they announced at the Las Vegas Star Trek convention um, that Patrick Stewart was reprising his role. In fact, he came out and made that announcement that he was coming back to be Jean-Luc Picard. And he was giving fans something they had been craving. And that is to see Jean-Luc Picard on the screen once more. Because, you know, once they made Nemesis, Chris, I mean, they, that was pretty much it. I mean, we all kind of, as Star Trek fans, we all kind of said, well, I mean, that's, that's the last voyage of the TNG cast. You know, we're not going to, we're not going to see Picard and all them again, you know, at the end of the spoiler alert, even though this movie's really old now, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, data, data quote unquote dies at the end of nemesis or does he we'll get into that later um but you see data sacrifice him himself at the end of nemesis and and they they you know salute him and all this stuff and and toast to him and everything at the end of the movie uh and so we thought hey that's it we're done so when patrick stewart said he was coming back to play jean Luc, that was a huge deal because you know patrick stewart he's he's not a spring chicken anymore and I was very shocked that he had agreed to do that. But I knew if he was coming back to play Picard, that there's a very good chance that the script, the plot, the story, everything behind it had to be pretty good for him to sign on to this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it couldn't just be some 
really weird one-off thing or something that, you know, just wasn't good. I mean, I would think that, you know, Sir Patrick being as good of an actor as he is and everything like that, he wouldn't sign on to something just to take the job. He doesn't need it. Um, and especially to come back, he's not going to quote unquote taint the image and, and, and the lore of the card in a way that would make you question that by doing this show. So you knew how to be good. And so Alex Kurtzman, um, who is the, the kind of the, the mastermind behind expanding Star Trek, because, you know, basically CBS came out and said, Hey, you know, Alex Kurtzman, we're going to give you five years here. We want you to expand the Star Trek universe beyond uh, the shows that they had before. Um, the, the normal like, hey, we're going to run a seven season show or run your normal Star Trek show. We want to expand that. So Picard kind of became that, you know, first real, I want to call it a spinoff, but kind of, you know how like we have a Mandalorian with Star Wars, right? Yeah. It's not considered, they're not considered, it's not considered episodic in the sense of the, the movies. Um, I kind of feel Picard is kind of that way for Star Trek, right? It's like, it's like that's it's like a side story almost compared to like the movies and, and the series like Discovery, Voyager, TNG, that kind of stuff. Um, and so Picard's kind of been that way of helping to expand the Star Trek universe. So, um, and it's interesting too. Now this, I did not know, Chris. This, I did not know. Um, apparently in the months leading up to the premiere of this new series of Picard, Apparently there was a monthly prequel, like three volume comic book miniseries called Star Trek Picard Countdown, which was released by IDW Publishing. They've done like the new Back to the Futures and they, they've done a ton of, I mean, you've seen probably at Bosco's, right? Like a ton of like publishing of comic books. Yeah. Um, and they're pretty, and they, they do a really good job too. That was starting in November of 2019. The comic book series apparently introduced several characters that were later featured in the production as well as dealing with events that led up to the ones featured in the show. So we should, we're going to have to try to get our hands on those and go back and take a look at them. Cause I'd be really curious to see how they handled that leading up to the actual production of Star Trek Picard. I'm, I'm glad you found that information. I had no idea either. That makes me want to go, you know, look that up on Amazon, see if I could get those comics. Yeah. And you know, how I always joke around about if I read, I read comic books and not novels. So that's right up my alley, I guess. But yeah. Um, yeah. So it really makes it interesting. Um, they decided to do this. They decided to bring Picard back. And, and for what, what was the purpose of that, right? What was the purpose of bringing Picard back? What story did they want to tell? Obviously, they couldn't go back and do a pre-TNG because obviously Patrick Stewart's too old to do that. He's not going to look like his younger, you know, younger version of Picard. So it had to be post-Star Trek Nemesis, right, as far as the timeline goes. Um, and I'm not talking about I'm not talking about the the JJ verse timeline. I'm talking about the actual normal timeline in Star Trek. Um, so we we get into Picard season one, Chris, and and we start and and uh, kind of walk the audience through like an introduction. You know, to those of you who have seen it, this is going to be kind of review to you. For those who haven't seen it, it's not. But walk us through like who are some of the characters you know, that we meet in season one that we should, we should care about, or we should be, you know, looking out for if we haven't seen Picard yet. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So some of the main, the main character, of course, Picard is the main character in there, but there's also some, 
supporting cast that kind of propel Picard and kind of are his entourage as he goes on his adventure um, and some that come in and out. But we've got um, Dr. Agnes Giuriardi, who is a, um, actually she has some really important parts parts in the show, but she's a leading leading the Earth's leading scientist on the synthetic life forms. Right? And she's played by Alison Pill. Yeah, and that will play into it later on in season one when we, we get more into talking about the synthetic life form stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we have, of course, we've got Seven of Nine by Jerry Ryan. So I, it was awesome to see her back in. Um, I'm really glad she was in the show. Um, I've got some thoughts later on that I'll that I'll talk about on how I felt about how her character went, but that'll be good to talk about later. And we've got uh some main main uh characters in picard are soji and dodge i think i said that name right those names right but soji and dodge yeah no you hit it right right on the head yeah yeah and they are sisters and twin sisters and uh spoilers right the spoilers they are the catalyst to to get picard on on his mission and and they you know they they do a good job and it's definitely um self-discovery for both soji and dodge um and they are spoilers the spoiler but they are the synthetic life forms and it's really you know really really interesting to kind of see that arc through the show um we've got elnor played by evan evagora uh now elnor was uh the one that bound he's protecting picard i believe right yes that's correct yep uh, you know what's what, and he's Romulan. Yeah, he's Romulan. Yeah, it, it, it was funny when we were watching. Um, my wife was seeing a, a little bit of Picard, and she goes, "Oh, an elf." <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, yeah. I can understand why she thought that because the way they did his hair and everything in the show, and the way they, way they made him look, he looked like an elf from Lord, uh, uh, an elf from Lord of the Rings. He totally did, right? I mean, he he definitely did. So I can. Your your wife is very has a very keen sense for things, and uh, certainly I think she hit the nail on the head there when it comes to that. Because you're right. When the first time I saw him on screen, I'm like, "Why the heck are they doing a Lord of the Rings crossover?" But yeah, he he looks just like something out of Lord of the Rings. Yep. 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 Totally. We've got a character called uh, Rafi, uh, Rafaela Musker, and uh, I thought you know she's I. I I kind of liked her. She was she was pretty cool. Uh, she was a, she's a commander, a, a former Starfleet commander uh, that worked for uh, Admiral Picard, um, and she's played by Michelle Hurd. And I enjoyed watching her character. Yeah, we, Michelle Hurd is a great actress. Yeah, really good actress. Yeah, we've got Lars played by Orla Brady, and uh, Zach. Refresh my memory. We, Laris, what, which, uh, I'm trying to remember which character that was actually. So Laris was the uh, female housekeeper, Romulan housekeeper oh. that, that worked in service with uh, Jean-Luc. Yeah, I yeah. really liked her. She's one of yeah. my favorite characters in the show, actually. Wait, wait till you get to season two then. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Um, she, yes, I, I, I very much enjoyed her as well because you, she helped, she's one of the uh, former, um, Tal Shiar, yeah, one, former Tal Shiar, uh, uh, op, 
not operative, but member of the Tal Shiar. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know, at the episode one of Picard, I just really liked her because uh, you can tell she's very uh, concerned about Admiral Picard and wants to take care of him. And she says something to him like, um, we will never forget what you did for us. You know, so she's, yep. she's obviously like bound to him, like um, really cares about him. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got uh, the captain of the ship that they end up going on is uh, Rios. So Chris Rios played by Santiago Cabrera. Yep. And actually he plays several characters, doesn't he? He plays, he plays like uh, all of the, hollow characters on the ship like the yes and by the way i love the hollow characters on his ship because he <laughs> he programs them to have different personalities and there's there's even one called mr hospitality yeah who would who is terrible with hospitality like like i i i really think they did a fantastic job as like pluck kind of plucky comic relief with those those um holographic characters and and making them different personalities on the ship i think was just really really great and that scene where um where rafi rafi wants to talk she's trying to find out more about rios and so she gets all of those holograms uh in the in the room and she's asking all of those holograms uh different different questions and she's just she looks like she's got a massive headache so she's talking to these different aspects of rios's personality that was funny i thought yeah and there's one that speaks he speaks spanish or some other language right doesn't he speak english yeah I yeah. think so. Yeah, there it, it was. There, there's some really good scenes with those with those um, holograms for sure. And I believe there's at least one scene in season two with one of the holograms. I think so. Yeah, they're they're really great. Good, good part of the sh- of the uh, show in that ship for sure. Gotcha. That's pretty clever. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you know, it's good, good rundown there, Chris. There's, there's some good good characters there in the in the first season. Um, you know, Picard season one begins in this really like serene, comfortable, um, warm, inviting setting at Chateau Picard, right? Which is the 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 Picard family vineyard. Now, the first time we see the Picard family vineyard is actually in Star Trek: The Next Generation, right? Yeah. Um. And so in, in Star Trek, the next generation's vineyard, um, you get, uh, or Chateau Picard, I should say, uh, you get kind of a sense of where that's, you know, where, um, that is, you know, it's, it's in, it's in France and what it means. And, um, the first time I believe that we see this, uh, the, the actual Chateau, I think the only time we see the Chateau in Star Trek before this was in the Next Generation episode called Family. Right. Which After. is where Picard goes on shore leave, so to speak, and he meets up with his semi-estranged brother, his nephew, his wife, things like that. Um, and so we kind of see that there. But we, we learn through that episode and then of course this you know this show that the vineyard has been in the family for a long long time and it's a family uh business tradition you know uh in the in that episode family uh picard's brother uh really guilt trips him and kind of gives him the business about how he he wanted to go out and see the stars and he wanted to leave and you know he didn't want to 
do what his brother was doing, which was mending and taking care of the family business. Um, and so there's that, that turmoil there. And then of course we find out later that his whole family is killed in a fire in star Trek generations. Um, and he talks about how there'll never be another Picard because his, his, his nephew was going to be the last hope, right? That the Picard line is going to die and everything and so forth. Cause he doesn't have, never going to have kids. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's a very um, serene and peaceful setting. And we learn um, through this initial setting uh, that we come across. Um, excuse me. I'm sorry. to go back to my notes here. Um, that, you know, he, he's, he's, I don't, I don't want to say like he's fully happy there, mm -hmm. but I think he's, he's trying to find peace in being there. If that makes sense. You know, it does. And you know, as you were talking about the Chateau, cause in, in Star Trek, the next generation, the series, he goes back to the Chateau after he's, after his incident, um, as Locutus after he's been rescued from being Locutus and, and then he's spending some time. Yeah. That was not long after he, right. I don't know if that was the next episode right after that or not, but yeah, you're right. Now that yeah. I think about it, that's a good point. Yeah. So he's kind of like, and that kind of, he was retreating back. It seemed there to, to reflect and maybe find some parts of himself. Uh, and so you write season one starts with, him being at, at the chateau um, and he's he's having dreams of data um, but the Borg theme is very prominent in season one and him uh, you know they had some scenes where he's where you realize he's still trying to find his humanity um, or kind of reclaim his humanity um, in season one and he does that through various ways like it, I know I know we'll, we'll talk about um, the Romulans and his role in helping to save the Romulans, but yeah, but the Chateau somehow being connected with Picard's connection to humanity. Uh, maybe I'm stretching, but but I was just thinking about like uh, yeah, what you said, like when when we see that Chateau in, in the series Star Trek: The Next Generation, and then when we, when we see it like now, so it's pretty interesting. Yeah, and it, it is interesting. You know, it's funny because. In real life, Patrick Stewart is really big on on dogs and rescuing. He's really big on pit bulls and trying to change the view that people have and trying to remove these what they call prejudice towards certain breeds of dogs because of the of uh, reputations they've gotten, whether they've been fair or unfair. And so, in real life, him and his wife actually um, they are uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, they are fosters for rescue pit bulls nice. and so it's he patrick stewart specifically came out and said that he wanted to have a companion a dog in this show and he wanted to be a pit bull and so they had that in the show and it's on the cover of several of the of the uh, uh pre-release stuff for it and the commercial stuff for it and he lovingly dubs the pit bull number one yeah. which i think is fantastic but it what what's really interesting is you know so you see him at the chateau right in, in the in the beginning episode and he's got this staff of what looks like either romulan or vulcan um with him and you come to find out their ex calshare assistants and we find out very quickly that uh the 
that the Romulan homeworld, Romulus, was destroyed by a star that went supernova, killing billions. Do we know where we heard that from? Supernova killing billions. In the very in the very first Star Trek remake movie, the J.J. Abram movie with Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto as Spock. By the way, Zachary Quinto is going to be at the convention this year. Um, and in that movie that J.J. Uh, Abrams did, Spock is trying to save uh, Romulus and that whole solar system. But their star goes supernova, and he's unable to save it, and that's why that that those Romulans go back in time and try to kill Spock when he's younger. Oh, so it kind of ties into that, which I thought was really interesting that they they that they're using that. So the super that their their sun goes supernova, kills billions, wipes out Romulus, and the the Romulan race is on the brink of extinction. And we've talked about this in our you know our own personal time, Chris, about how. Picard has very strong convictions Mm -hmm. and he holds to those convictions. You see that through next generation. You see that in Star Trek first contact, uh, his unwavering commitment to those convictions. And now you see it in Star Trek Picard. And so he Picard, Picard as now an Admiral convinces the Federation to put ships together in attempt to get refugees to safety um, unfortunately, before the operation is completed, we find out why there has been a, a ban put on synthetics. Do you remember why that was the case? No, no. Refresh me on, on the ban. Yeah. So apparently, um, uh, before the operation was completed, um, some other synthetics, sim- more simpler than data, uh, for some reason attacked without reason and destroyed the Utopia Planitia fleet yards on Mars, which is significant because the Utopia Planitia fleet yards is where a majority of the Starfleet ships were being, are, are, were built. Including the Enterprise D. Correct. And so this causes, and uh, um, the, the, the Defiant, I believe, was, was not built at Utopia Planitia at, on Mars. It was actually built, I believe, at the Antares fleet yard. But that's a whole other, like, that's another rabbit trail of the super nerd Trekkie (laughs) knowledge. Um, But that caused the Federation to say, you know what, we're going to put a ban on all synthetic life forms. And it forced Picard to have to resign. So that's, you know, that kind of sets the stage for why Picard's where he's at. And, you know, as a show begins to move on, you start to see the relationships and the strain in those relationships between Picard and other people in his life. And, uh, you know, he's been at the Chateau for almost 14 years of this so-called exile. Um, You know, people that he has known in the past, uh, people that he worked with, like you mentioned Rafi, right? You served under him as a commander. Yeah. Um, those, those relationships got frayed and, um, Picard is, you know, you see the series, Picard wants to get to the point where he wants to reach out to Raffi and reach out to Elnor and things like that. Um, and then, you know, we started moving on in the show. Um, once 
Picard hears of this idea that there is some plot out there to exterminate all systemic life forms um, and that there might be somebody out there making synthetic life forms out of flesh and blood. That's when he reaches out to Picard, uh, to Raffi and Elnor. Um, and you see early on, I think it's in the first episode, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, where Picard is actually contacted by this woman named Dodge, who, by the way, turns out to be an Android. Yeah. And apparently she was programmed to find Picard if she gets in trouble. So unfortunately Picard fails to protect her and she's killed. And I think the guilt that the guilt that he had from Data's death compels him to go out in search for what he finds out to be there. There may there may be another one like Dodge out there, right? He doesn't know that there is a twin of her, but he sets out to find uh, the you know to see if there's any more out there like that. And that's where he gets you know. Uh, requests the assistance of Chris Rios or Cristobal Rios, who's the captain of the starship La Sirena. And he's also a former Starfleet officer who has some skeletons in the closet. And um, I believe we also, that's kind of the point, I think, when we meet Agnes Girardi. Um, and she is an expert in AI and robotics. And apparent. So when he meets her, I believe Chris, that's when we find out where Dodge was created from. And I, I know you just you've gone through and watched Picard season one recently more than me. Yeah. Do you remember where Dodge was created from? Yeah, they were both like they. Uh, there's this plant. There's this planet where there's two like red moons and that's where they that that that's where uh it takes them on their journey to find this place where they were created yes Um, but i believe agnes is able to identify before they go on this trip ah where dodge is created from and we find out she's created from a single cell from commander data oh oh that yeah and, ha- and and I, I guess she, she's able to figure out that, oh, by the way, it happens to have been done by her former boss, Bruce Maddox. Yeah. And that's where they say, oh, time to go on this quest. we got to go find Bruce Maddox on some place called Free Cloud and go track him down and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And then, you know, they, 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 they're you know, getting in fights and everything. And they, they're attacked by pirates or a uh, free cloud. They're unable to successfully disengage or fight the enemy. And then all of a sudden, guess who walks in and shows up? <laughs> Seven. Seven and nine. Seven or nine. And Eight. you know, it's interesting. So this, well, this isn't the first time. That's not true. I shouldn't say that because we do see in Star Trek nemesis, we do see an Admiral Janeway. She becomes an Admiral before Picard. Yeah. I'm assuming because the Federation thought that it was so unbelievable that she was able to bring her crew and her ship back alive, 70,000 light years from the Delta Quadrant. They're like, well, crap, we're going to make you a, an admiral. 
But we see her as an admiral in Star Trek Nemesis. Yep. So that's the first glimpse of what we see one of the Voyager cast members or, or, or characters, not cast members, characters doing post the end of Voyager. Now we get to see another Voyager character post Star Trek Voyager and what they're up to. And apparently Seven of Nines had kind of a rough time. And apparently she becomes the head of this uh, Fenris Rangers. Yeah. And they're like they're like an unauthorized military group trying to keep the peace where Starfleet doesn't patrol anymore. And so Seven or Nine saves Picard. She loses her ship in the process. They, they all arrive on Free Cloud to find this crime boss who's kidnapped Bruce Maddox, blah, 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 blah. I mean, we could keep going on and on and on. Um, as far as like every little detail that happens in season one, I'm curious though, Chris, I, I really am because, uh, you know, having just watched, gone through and watching Picard and catching up and everything, what are your thoughts overall on the show of Picard, right? We, you know, we, we meet Dodge, we find out that, that Dodge has a twin sister named Soji mm -hmm. and, you know, Soji, Picard looks at Soji as kind of like a, like in my opinion of a way of, of maybe requelling some of the guilt he had from Data, you know, giving his life up. And you talked about the red moons and everything. We also meet uh, a doctor soon where we see Brent Spiner again, um, you know, all that stuff. And uh, we, 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 at the end of season one, we see uh, Picard uh, finding out Picard has some kind of inoperable disease um, brain condition and is starting to kill him. And, you know, he goes to his whole grief experience. And at the time uh, that Picard would be dying, mm -hmm. he's able to see uh, during this time, he comes and sees Data again in some sort of, I guess, simulation or something. And Data reminds Picard that he always loved him and that Picard, you know, what he meant. And, you know, Picard is just grief stricken and everything. And then we find then. So, so Picard's body dies, but then he is, he is, um, trans, not transformed. He's transported his conscious into a new synthetic body mm -hmm. and he becomes a synthetic life form like Data which is kind of a full circle. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it, it, it's interesting. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but it's, it's really a lot of this, I feel like is, is Picard's way of trying to make up, you know, former failures of his, on his part or shortcomings on his part. Um, but overall, Chris, like I'll, I'll, I'll get into my thoughts. Yeah. Overall for show later. I, I'm really curious because we have not talked about, your thoughts or my thoughts on the show, we waited until the podcast to talk about it. Yeah. Um, so I am really curious to hear your thoughts. Before that, don't go anywhere because we're going to take a quick break and get a word from our sponsor, Anchor.fm. When we come back, Chris is sharing his thoughts on what he thinks of Picard Season 1 and what he's looking forward to in Picard Season 2. So, and, <laughs> and then I'll share my thoughts after that. But uh, yeah. So, so uh, come right back. We'll be back in about 30 seconds after our uh, word from our sponsor. And we'll dive into how, uh, how we feel about Picard Season 1. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right. We are back from our break. And a word from our sponsor, Anchor.fm. 
And we are talking Star Trek Picard Season 1. And uh, we, we, we went through a little bit of, of kind of what happens. I, I didn't want to spend a crazy amount of time, Chris, on talking through every detail of what happens in Season 1. Because, I mean, that's up for our audience to watch and find out. Um, obviously, we have some spoilers in there. Uh, but really, I, I want to get into uh, our overall assessment and view of Season 1 because... Like I said, we haven't talked about this before. We haven't shared our thoughts about it before. And I'm really curious and really fascinated on, on your thoughts, knowing your, what you know of Star Trek up to this point and, and Star Trek The Next Generation and DS9 and all the shows and everything that you've seen, what your thoughts are. So, Chris, overall, what did you think of the first season of Star Trek Picard? Yeah, I am. Um, so I would say overall, overall, I'm mixed. And, um, but, but I want to go much, much deeper that so much deeper than that overall on mix. But first I want to talk about Picard and the character of Picard and, and what I really like about season one and the idea of it being a character study on Picard and the story and the study of, and the study of Picard that I, that I really, really like, um, because you, Zach, you touched on this idea of, of guilt, right? So when, when we open up into this first season of Picard, I think we feel that and we realize that this is a man that for so, so many years, he has this feeling of emptiness and, and guilt that has been there since Data sacrificed himself for him. Um, and, he's, and he's been carrying it um, for, for a long, long time. And it, and it was things like serving, uh, serving the Romulans that kind of helped him um, deal with, deal with his guilt and gave him purpose. Um, but you see that he does have guilt, particularly when he sees uh, Soji um, and he, he, he begins to learn where Soji came from. Um, and you, you also see him as a man that has, continued to have difficulty with relationships. Um, I think difficulty with intimacy and difficulty with, with children. And because, because you see like his relationship with, uh, with Elnor, the, the Romulan boy and, and how, how that went. And you see him, him warming up. Uh, but you know, it's, he's, he almost gets, he almost gets to that point of, becoming you know, like much more comfortable with, with children and then that's that's taken away and then he doesn't know how to deal with these other aspects of of relationships and you you mm -hmm. see him um um when he interacts with Riker when he interacts with Troy there's these difficulties there of of being intimate and being close with people and I think yeah. that kind of, yeah no I'm sorry I was gonna say Chris I I, I definitely agree with you there I think that you see he, as the sh as TNG went on, I think you saw Picard change in his the way in which he relates yeah. to uh, his crew and even to kids. You know, there's one episode I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Uh, well, there is one called I think it's called Rascals, where him and like Guinan and Ro Lair and stuff all get transported back to their kids. They turn into kids, yeah. which is a little yeah. bit of a weird yeah. episode. But there's another one where like the Enterprise loses power 
and he's trapped in a turbo lift with these kids who he's supposed to be taking on a tour who won some science prop fair. And, and he's very annoyed with them at first and ends up become, you know, over the course of the episode, it's a great episode. He ends up becoming, you know, like, like a grandfather type of figure and really gets along with them well. And it's really fantastic. And then you see the episode of next generation where they have a star Trek or they have a Picard day on the ship. Yeah. Where all these kids make all these decorations and drawings and artwork and stuff for, of Captain Picard. Um, and it's a little bit awkward. He doesn't really know how to respond to it. He's not a fan of it because he doesn't like the attention, but it's he, he's, he just doesn't relate well with the younger crowd. And so I really think you made a good point there about relationships, how he's struggling through some of those things, which I think is good. Yeah, and he kept like in he kept that banner in his uh, that it's like the Starfleet his like memorial uh database library yeah yeah it was almost like a it was almost like a a storage mm -hmm. uh, a storage room or something right yeah he had that in there dude i'm telling you like for those of you who haven't watched picard there are so many easter eggs in this show like in the background all over the place easter eggs from the movies from the show from tng it's re you really got to pay attention because if you don't you will miss the Easter eggs that they plant in there. They do a great job of planting that stuff. And you're right, Chris, I had actually forgot about that. He does keep that banner and it is in that storage room. So you're absolutely right. Yeah. And, and you know, when, when Dodge and Soji enter Picard's life, right, they represent um, redemption, I think for him, uh, because uh, he, has carried this guilt for so long. He wants to care for some part that is data. So, so finding that and discovering that, you know, becomes his purpose, his complete purpose in life. Um, and I think that that was a beautiful, beautiful thing. Cause I think he has, a, as, as the character of Picard, you know, has, has gotten older, he has realized yet, that he has struggled with those kinds of of relationships and the human human relationships and you all you all you also see it in his in his interaction with with seven they have this beautiful moment because they both share like you know seven and and picard's picard was lacutus and seven was seven of nine so they are former borg but they talk to each other they're like do we ever regain our did we ever regain all of our humanity? And they both acknowledge, no, they didn't. But every day, every day they try and gain more and more of their humanity back. So I thought that was a beautiful moment. I, you could totally expect that from Seven, right? Because Seven struggled with gaining her, her humanity back all through Voyager. But you see Picard acknowledge that and you go, oh, he feels like he hasn't regained his humanity back. And this is a quest for him to regain his his humanity, to um, understand intimacy and relationships. Because, because, uh, so I think it was Soji that asked Picard, "Did you love Data?" And Picard says, "In my own way, I did." And so he's he's learning all these things about himself, and this is a quest to learn that about himself. But in in the end. Right, he becomes a synthetic being, or a synthetic. So, so you're right that it is full circle, but it also does put, and 
an entirely different twist on it because you start you start thinking okay even though you are a synthetic life form you're still a life form right capable of all of all of these emotions and capable of of intimacy and no matter if you're human or synthetic you're a living being trying to find those things in the universe um, so I think as a, as a, as a character study, I really enjoy that part um, of Picard and the idea of, um, you know, our artificial life and, and making artificial life kind of a second tier life form, I think is a, a that's, that's a theme that's explore, explored in a lot of science fiction. You know, they, they talk about it, that in, in Blade Runner and in Blade Runner, there's, there's the replicants. So I think um, it's an important theme too, and I think it's important that it's explored explored in sci-fi. Um, yeah, and yeah. they they do explore that in Next yeah. Generation too, right? You have, yeah. um, I believe, the name of the episode was "A Measure of a Man." Yeah, Me- Measure of the Man, something like that. And in that episode, Data's on trial almost, right, for his humanity. Yeah, or his or his uh, senti- sentientness, if that's even a word, um, where. The, that Starfleet officer comes to the ship and says, "We're taking data to Starfleet. We need to. We're going to b- break him into a million pieces, so to speak, and we're going to dissect him and get down to all these wires and blah 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 blah." And he's just a machine, you know, like he's Starfleet property. Mm-hmm. And they're and you know Picard and Riker, they're arguing like, "No, he's he's more than that. He's a sentient life form. He yeah. has. He may not be able to feel because he hadn't had an emotion chip at the time." He may not have the feelings, but he, he has all the things that makes a sentient life. And so, you know, they get into the question of what is life and, and the rights of those things, kind of like you mentioned with Blade Runner. And so it's very much a theme that, you know, with the way we're going technology-wise, I wouldn't be surprised if in our lifetime we have to face something similar to this. Yeah. It's yeah. very possible. You know what I mean? It's very possible that we have to deal with something like this. So I think that's... Those are some really good points you brought up. Yeah, he. Um, you you see some of his, the relationships that I think maybe have deteriorated some of the years. I, I thought it was a beautiful episode where he visits the Riker family, and he visits um Will and Deanna, and meets uh Des- her name, the daughter Destra, I think is her name. Um, and those were some some beautiful moments too, but you and i think they did this beautifully in the show where you also realize there's a little bit of distance still um between uh riker and picard and and riker is trying to feel picard out and you know riker kind of gets to the bottom of what's going on and you know he he concludes um and is able to ascertain like the entire thing that's going on and riker he makes a good point to Picard. He says, yeah. And you know, you know, captain, you, you know, you're, he makes a point on his arrogance. Like, yeah, you know, you're, you're arrogant, not wanting to bring other people in to help you. Um, so I thought that was a, a fascinating thing from, from Will. And I think Deanna Troy also puts captain Picard in his, in his place too. Um, when Cap, when Picard has some interaction with Soji at the time, so, so I think that that was really interesting because because he has these difficult you know these difficulties 
with relationships and intimacies and, and friendships. Um, but he is so strong on his convictions and his beliefs and his study of, of history. So that is, you know, his, his strongest, port, uh, strongest part is that um, he wants to hold to those convictions, like you said, and his, his, his you know, id, superego, and ego, his, his ego is, is that sense is so, so strong. But, but then that, that other part of compromise in human relationships, <laughs> he's struggled with throughout his, throughout his life. Um, so from a character study on, on Picard, um, I really en enjoyed that. And I, I hope, and maybe I, I don't think I'm reading too much into it. You know, I think the writers were, were aspiring to those kinds of things to, to talk about with Picard and for people to, to think about. Um, and that, that's probably my, my favorite thing about, about Picard. Um, but I want, you know, but thoughts, thoughts from you, Zach, on, on any of that before I go in or before we talk about any of the other characters, which will be fun, fun to do too. But, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely, I, I think you, um, I think you did a good job there of hitting, you know, on the points of, you know, what the writers were getting across and, and character development. Um, I feel like, and, and not to go down a rabbit hole here, but I definitely feel like the character development in a mere 10 episodes of Picard season one has been better than the first couple of seasons I've watched so far of discovery. Uh, now yeah. I think that you have <laughs> now here's the thing though. This isn't necessarily a slam on discovery, but because I think with Picard, you know, some of these characters have been fleshed out already in TNG. Yeah. Right. So, and, and other shows like Voyager with seven or nine, things like that. Um, so with, with discovery, it's, it's, it's kind of like comparing apples to oranges and I get that. Uh, but I definitely feel like the, the, some of the character developments have been pretty good. Um, I think that going with the Borg theme in season one, was a little predictable mm -hmm. because he was the cutest and the Borg had been so intertwined with, with TNG. I mean, obviously there's obviously the Borg element of Voyager too. I get that, but you know, TNG introduced us to the Borg for the very first time. That was, they were not in the original series. Yeah. Cause if they were, they probably had just been painted gray and walked around like weird robots. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, cause the original series Klingons were just men painted Brown. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't, they might've just been painted gray and wore clothes. I don't know, you know, but we met the Borg in TNG. So for me, whenever I think of Borg, my first thought is always Picard. It's mm -hmm. always the next generation. The second thought is, is of course Voyager. Uh, so, you know, they, they bring the Borg to the forefront it's something very personal to Picard because he was the cutest. He understands the Borg better than anybody else because he was one. Maybe other than Seven. Seven understands pretty well because she was assimilated when she was a little girl. Yeah. So she understands understands them pretty well also. Um, but yeah, I think with you, I'm kind of I am torn a little bit on my my thoughts of Picard. There's some elements I like about it. 
I feel like uh, so far with season two, I, I like it a little bit better than season one. But I'll be honest with you, my if I were to give you just an overall general assessment of the show and my thoughts on it, yeah, it's not it's not what I hoped it would be, mm-hmm. and that's mostly in a negative way. Like mm-hmm. I, I felt like there, I guess I had presuppositions and I had assumptions going into it before I ever saw a teaser trailer or anything else that I thought how it might be. Um, I don't know that I necessarily like the way they make, cause you know, this is my thought. Cause you tell me what you think on this yeah. uh, with, with this show, especially early on, I just felt like they made Picard, like he's, he's obviously older, but they made him feel like he's just this really, really old crotchety grumpy, um, you know, bitter, uh, resent or regretful, maybe some in some sense resentful, like person. And I just, and I know, I, I know some of that they're going for, right? Some of that is based on what happened to Picard and what Picard has seen Starfleet turn into since the end of Nemesis. Yeah. But I just, I, I'm, I don't know that I really fully like the way they've handled and treated the Picard character. Um, I, I, I like, I like the handling of the character a little more in season two so far for the first three episodes. Um, he feels a little bit more like the TNG Picard, mm-hmm. but I, I, I don't know that I'm a fan of, of the Picard character himself in season one, just the way, the way it is. Um, but kind of to play off what you mentioned, you know, uh, you see his convictions again. Yeah. You see some of what made Picard such a great captain. You see that again in season one of Picard, which I think is, is I think is great. I think the tribute that they did to Data at the end of season one, without giving too many spoilers away, um, was really beautiful. It really was. It treated the character so well. Um, it definitely, as a Star Trek fan, if you have any emotional investment in the TNG characters. It's a, it's, it's, I would say it's a somewhat of a tearful, um, beautiful rendition of how they treated that goodbye to data. Mm. Um, and that, and the treatment of the character at the end. So that I think was very well done. Um, but I think the thing I hate the most about the show Mm -hmm. is when they turn Picard into a synthetic, Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I mean, I'm sure there, I'm sure there's a reason why, right? He becomes a synthetic. Now he's more empathetic towards synthetics, if that makes sense. But he already was yeah, because he knew data. Like he fought for data. He fought against, he fought against Starfleet at the potential behest of his career to protect data from them doing something to him. He fought for, for data's rights as a sentient life form. They didn't need to make him a freaking uh, uh, synthetic, you know, have a synthetic body or whatever to do that. I just, I didn't feel like that was necessary. And now it's like, every time I see Picard, it's like, oh, well, yeah, he still looks old. It looks exactly the same. His body's just not a real human being body anymore. Yeah. I just, I, I'm not a fan of that at all. I, I really am not a fan whatsoever. Um, you know, 
Picard, going back to Picard and fighting for his principles, I love the part I love the most thing about the show is the fact that Picard basically in so many ways talks to these different admirals and stuff and calls them out and says, you know, in in so many words, you know, Starfleet has gotten away from what it is all about. He's challenging the, 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 the path that Starfleet is taking. Yeah. He, 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 he's still upset by the ban on synthetics. Um, He doesn't agree with it. He's fighting for what, he believes Starfleet should stand for what he knows Starfleet should stand for and not the way Starfleet's become. Now, in season one, we are introduced to a a uh, Vulcan admiral female. I don't remember the character's name that we come to find out later on because is actually a double agent Romulan who is posing somehow, I don't know how, a Romulan <laughs> infiltrates, poses off as a Vulcan and becomes an admiral. Like, I, I don't remember the, if she was an intelligence or whatever, but I wanted to say, because point this out, Chris, the, the actress who played, and it's I didn't know this at first, the actress who played that character yeah. is an actress by the name of, uh, I, I think her name's uh, Tamala Tomita. She played Daniel's love interest in Karate Kid 2. She oh. was um, Komiko. Yeah, that's why and, she looked so familiar. Yeah. Yes. Now you connect the dots. I yeah. thought that was awesome because I mean, we were big Karate Kid fans. And you know, the Karate Kid 2, I feel like, doesn't get as much love as it should because it is a great movie. Uh, so seeing her in that was really fantastic. Admiral uh, O is her name. Yeah. What, what was it? Oh, Admiral O. Admiral O. There you go. That's right. Yeah, I knew it was one of those letters. <laughs> but... But yeah, so um, I, I know I, just, I literally was all over the map on that, and I apologize because I have so many thoughts on this. No, uh, no, that was good. But uh, yeah, it was great seeing Patrick Stewart back as Jean-Luc. Um, it, it, great seeing some of the original cast come back, Jonathan Frakes, Marina Sirtis, Brent Spiner. Um, and you, you, you notice, if you pay attention and you're a big enough Trek fan, you notice the references they make to TNG and the TNG movies. Um, That's great. But I I just, I'm not a huge fan of the way they wrote the Picard character. Like I said, he just kind of seems like he had given up. He's just wallowing away in his sorrows in his vineyard and doesn't really care anymore. And I guess to some extent, I I, I understand why, right? Because he's kind of forced into retirement uh, after everything doesn't go the way it was supposed to and um you know i guess starfleet kind of feels like he failed them which i mean look at everything he did for starfleet so uh whatever uh and then just kind of sinks into a nothing nothingness abyss at his chateau and i just don't feel like that's the picard that we know yeah and i'm not sure i would have buy bought in that i like as his future fate either you know i would have thought like he would have not with the way all good things ended right with the last episode of tng and and q and talking about how uh, i believe he mentioned that episode because you he also mentions in the teaser trailer that the trial never ends yeah he's he's constantly keeping humanity on trial and with the way all good things and they wrap up tng you're right chris I don't 
feel like this is the way I would have projected Picard. And that's fine. I mean, these are the, the writers are doing what they believe and they got the approval from the, from the studio, which is all that matters. They're writing what a, 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 a version of which they believe Picard has developed into. Yeah. I don't agree with it as a fan, but that's the, the, the path they chose. And I'm not a huge fan of that, honestly. Sure. I, I have to say, I, I agree with you that I don't agree that would have been a future. I mean, he's Picard is also a scholar and he loved archaeology, like as, as an amateur scholar. Uh, he loved reading. I could have seen him. I could have seen him like in some sort of teaching position or, or, or wanting to do keep up with studies. Um, I mean, one good thing I guess is, is that he, he is like an ambassador for Starfleet. Yeah. Uh, for first for uh for the Starfleet Academy, I should say, that is referenced in one of the episodes of season two that he's still kind of this, you know, liaison ambassador for Starfleet Academy and so forth. You see him, and, and I know I'm kind of giving a little bit away for you, Chris, but it doesn't give much away. Mm-hmm. But you see him in a scene in, in an episode of season two where he is given a speech at Starfleet Academy for a graduating class, and um, you know, uh that that's that's cool to see that because you would expect that right out of a future picard projected from the end of tng yeah so yeah those are some of my thoughts i have more but but i know you had mentioned grace there were some other characters that they introduced that are not main characters but they're they're woven into season one and then um you know we see one or two of them in season two what are some of those characters that stood out to you that you saw yeah you know they it was just some glim- glimpses of of Icheb in in season one. That was uh, the other Borg from uh, Voyager that Seven was really attached to. The young man from the young man Borg from Voyager. But yeah, it was him. And then I think there were like were they two sisters or twin yeah. sisters, something like that. Or there was I think there was three like Borg younglings, right? That they rescue that be kind of become attached to Seven in Voyager. Yeah, that's right. Yep, they get attached to seven, and, and I think those were some great episodes in Voyager. Uh, and so in Picard, you know, each of he was killed, and part of Seven's Seven's kind of journey in Picard was she's seeking vengeance on his killer, and and she kills each killer. So I I really didn't like that. Um, first, first I you know I just was sad that you know why just kill off ichab you know and just use him as a why just use his character as a vehicle for seven to just turn turn into wanting vengeance and then and then seven turns into um you know a character that kills each of the murderer and i and i thought well yeah you could totally understand how seven feels but but I, i i really felt that was against seven's whole arc that she went through in voyager um, you know, and would she, would she have turned that way and to, to kind of getting a vengeance killing like that? So that didn't, it still doesn't feel right with me. Uh, and you know, where was Janeway did so much to try and help seven and take in seven as, as her kind of quasi daughter. So I was, I was sorry that that happened. Yeah. I, I wonder, yeah. Chris, I, I, I kind of feel like, and I agree with you on that. I yeah. kind of feel like with Seven, you know, we, we mentioned a little bit earlier in the episode about how she um, she becomes 
this kind of leader of a group uh, called the Fenris Rangers. Yeah. And I wonder if kind of living that like ragtag lifestyle changes her. Yeah. And so she has, even though all that she learned from, from Captain Janeway and Voyager and everything like that, she starts living this life that, that to me is much more believable. I feel like than, than where they, where they brought Picard in the first season of, of the show. Uh, yeah. um, I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Do you, I mean, it, it, do you feel like something like that lifestyle she was leading obviously would have changed her? And especially when someone that she was so close to in Icheb dies. I mean, I kind of feel like that's, I could understand how she would, would kind of flip a lid on something like that. Yeah. And you can understand that. Um, just too bad. It was too, for me, it was like, okay, too bad. I didn't want to see seven, like go, go that route, but that's, that's, that's how um, they went. But she is like a, uh, kind of an incredible warrior character in there. Like she's an incredible ranger. She's got all these skills. So, um, so that was good with seven and she can kind of be, um, she's kind of a terminator. She's got all those, those Borg kind of nano nanoprobes in her. She, <laughs> you know, she totally could be like a terminator. Well, we did see a female terminator in Terminator three rise of the machines. We did. That's Although right. that movie was horrible. <laughs> um, Christina Lope, Loken, I think was her name, who played the female Terminator. She was actually in an episode of Star Trek Voyager, by the way. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, I gotta look that yeah. up. Go look up her name and look up the episode. I, I promise you, she was in one episode, I believe, of Voyager. But yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, she she is a little bit like that, right? I mean, she's tough. She's she's strong. You know, she. I mean, dude, she was a freaking board drone. Yeah, I don't think she's too worried about many too many other things. I mean, she's she's not really scared of much after being a board drone for a good chunk of her life. I know. I, how did you feel about Hugh? I, I, I liked Hugh and I thought it was so tragic. I mean, so I, I was really sad to see that happen. How did, how did you feel about that? Uh, yeah, with Hugh, I mean, yes, I, I thought it was tragic. I, I, I think Hugh is a very beloved cameo character in TNG. Yeah, because we go this goes back to what we said about Picard, right, that he had a chance to destroy the board collective by using Hugh as a vessel to transmit this, you know, digital virus through Hugh into the board collective and kill the most lethal enemy that the Federation had. Yep, And because Hugh cut off from the collective showed so much individuality and humanity and self-awareness. He became an individual, right? That Picard couldn't do it because he had those convictions. He was so strong about his convictions and his principles, which is very, very um, motivating and inspirational to see that say, man, you know, what are my convictions? What are my principles that I would fall on my sword for or go Mm -hmm. to bat for like Picard does? And so um, Hugh was very beloved. I think uh, I, uh, uh, I Borg, I believe is the name of the episode he was, that he first showed up in. And it's a really powerful episode, um, obviously befriending Jordy, um, and definitely one of the more popular TNG episodes. So I, did, I agree with you, Chris. I think it was tragic. I would have liked to have seen Hugh continue on. Uh, he's played by Jonathan Del Arco. Yeah. He did a great job. Uh, I would like to have seen him 
continue on and be like a part of a crew with 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 uh, seven and then maybe even join the crew. I think that'd be cool, but I guess that would have been too many eggs in the basket for main character or something. I don't know. So yeah, I wish they wouldn't have killed him off or at least if, 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 you know, they would have kept him around, like maybe had him, you know, kind of helping to, you know, remove additional board drones from the collective and stuff going forward. I don't know. It just, I, I yeah, I, I was, I was sad to see that they killed his character off for sure. Yeah. Um, very much sad about that. Um, well, maybe but, those nano those nanoprobes that are supposedly through the Borg's bodies, they'll have like they can repair him. Do yeah, over- I, I I don't see that. I mean, <laughs> I, I'll never say never, but I don't see that happening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, this is a okay. So this is a very this is a very uh, superficial dislike. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a fan of the opening theme song and opening credits. For Picard, you know, like Next Generation has the, the catchy song. DS, I think, original series, Next Gen, DS Nine, and Voyager all have really good theme songs. Yeah. Enterprise, people didn't like this more of like a rocky kind of rock and roll kind of song, which didn't fit Star Trek. And I'm kind of, I could take it or leave it, honestly. Um, Discovery, I, I can't stand that one either. Um, and this one, I'm, I'm not really a fan of the theme song either. Uh, I'm really not the opening theme for that. I know it's very superficial, but no. just kind of going down my list of things of likes and dislikes. Um, but yeah, you know, and, and, and overall talking about these characters, right? We've, we've been talking about the, some of the, the main characters and the uh, cameo characters. Uh, you know, I don't know that I'm really that big of a fan of, of, the, of any of the characters. I think maybe mm-hmm. the other character I, I, I guess I like is probably uh, uh, Rios. Yeah. I do like him. I think he's funny. I th- to me, and catch, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, to me, he reminds me of a Star Trek's version of like a Han Solo. Yeah. He's yeah, got really- like that gunslinger, you know, uh, 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 smuggler, gambler, like mentality and like the way he's, they present him. Like I, I actually really... I guess I do really enjoy his character. Um, but a majority of the characters, I'm just not really that big of a fan of, to be honest with you. Um, I think the, uh, uh, the doctor, um, Agnes Gerardi, I find at times her character to be annoying, like Tilly from discovery. Yeah. Uh, and then at times I find her to be actually be pretty funny, like be awkwardly funny, right? Like she, she uses humor to alleviate an awkward situation all the time. Cause she's just generally awkward. Um, so I, I'm kind of hit or miss on her, but, uh, and you know, some of the other characters, I don't mind. It was cool at the convention this last year, getting a chance to meet Issa Briones who played Dodge and Soji and uh, Sutra and everything like that. So that was cool meeting her. Uh, Michelle Hurd was supposed to be there, but she couldn't make it last minute. But yeah, I think overall, Chris, um, you know, here's what I think we should do. Okay. This yeah. kind of just, spur of the moment kind of idea popped in my head if we do like when we review shows and movies here on the podcast for you guys giving it like a rating system right like how would we rate the show on a scale of like one to five com badges because the 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 symbol in our podcast logo is the delta shield right from Mm -hmm. from the original series so if we said like oh on a scale of one to five com badges what would you rate the show right like instead of stars yeah 
And if I had to rate this show for me, I'm going to give it like a three and a half com badges. Okay. Yeah. Did, how, a, what, what would you rate this show if you had to give it a rating on one to five com badges? I'd give it a three. Yeah, okay. So we're pretty close, I think. Yeah, yeah I think we're, we're pretty close. Um, yeah. I, 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 overall, the show, even after the, I've, I've watched the first three episodes of season two, overall, the show leaves me wanting more of it, of certain things that I don't feel like I'm getting. And by that, I mean like I, I, wanting more of the, the Picard we know, which I guess in season two, there is more of that. I feel like it is more of a um, uh, more closely to what it, he felt like in TNG. Um, but, but yeah, overall like three and a half com badges on this one. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. I mean, I feel the same way with a lot of the characters. I, Agnes, the doctor, I, uh, yeah, she was funny, but I, I didn't buy it that like, okay, then she, they did all this work trying to find Bruce Maddox and then she, you know, she kind of, she kills him. I'm just thinking. Yeah, that was bizarre. I'm like, you're former boss. I mean, I know you're mad or whatever, but you, yeah, you spend all this time finding him and then you kill, like, that was, yeah, that was bizarre to me. Yeah. That was and bizarre like, to me. Yeah, totally. And I, and I, I mean, I get that. Yeah, she said that Admiral O like did the mind meld with her and and said that she had to make a great sacrifice and kill him. But I, I don't, I just don't. I didn't buy that. I'm like, really? She, yeah. she would have done that? Like, yeah. I do like. I do like that there is um, a lot of emphasis and a lot of focus in on the Romulans in this because I feel like you know the Romulans had their episodes in TNG, but. You know, certainly um, the Klingons, I, I, I don't want to say that you necessarily use the word love, but I don't know how else to describe describe it. But the Klingons got a lot more love. You had the Borg, things like that. I kind of feel like the Romulans are getting a little more love in the show that they should because yeah. they are a major, a major race, a major um, uh, a, a species in the galaxy and in the 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 nearer part of the galaxy to the Federation and they're, they're a near peer threat to the Federation. There was a whole war between the, the Romulans and earth, the earth Romulan wars that the enterprise never got into because the can't show, show was canceled. That's right. Uh, except unless you read the novels, which the, the Romulan earth war novels are fantastic. You got to read those, Chris. Oh, oh yeah, I need to. I haven't, I didn't even know that. I think you probably told me they were a thing. So I they are, there's a series of them and they're fantastic. Okay. Um, so, anyways, we're, we're we're running way over. I don't say over, but we're running along on this episode, so we'll kind of wrap it up here. Um, but we kind of gave you guys our thoughts. What are your thoughts of Picard so far? For you, those of you listening who have watched the show, what are your thoughts on Picard so far? What do you think? How many com badges would you rate this on a scale of one to five? How many would you give it? We gave it. I gave it a three and a half. Chris gave it a three. Yep. Um, but looking at Picard season two, if you haven't started it yet. It does tease the return of Q. It teases the return of the Borg Queen. It teases the return of Guinan and some other awesome stuff. So we look forward once season two wraps up to coming back with you guys on the podcast and talking about season two, just like we have on this episode, talking about season one. And we hope you enjoyed this. Uh, this was, I, I, I was really excited, Chris. I've been really looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the show. Um, 
since we said we were going to do it and we said, Hey, we're going to keep everything like blind voting here almost, you yeah. know, like we're going to, we're not going to share our thoughts on anything, but we're just going to do it live on the episode and, and reveal it as we go. And it, this was awesome. And uh, it's actually interesting how, even though we didn't know what each other was, was thinking, we still kind of lined up similarly on our thoughts um, uh, about the show and how we would, would, would rate it overall. Yeah, we did. This was fantastic. I totally enjoyed talking about about Picard with you and hopefully the audience loved hearing it as well. And we'd love to hear from the audience on what you thought of Picard, um, you know, same or different. Yeah. And, and be sure to hit us up on Facebook at the Random Red Shirt Podcast or on our Discord page at the Random Red Shirt Podcast. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, we are working on some exciting details coming up for this podcast and i'm working on getting a couple of surprise guests on this podcast as well so you're going to want to be sure to stay tuned for that we will announce those as soon as we have confirmed them and we have an opportunity to plug those in to a future episode of the random redshirt podcast now that being said uh coming up in the next couple episodes of the random redshirt podcast we are going to be taking a look at things like the book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian, mm -hmm. the new Batman movie, Star Trek Discovery, uh, Obi-Wan, the upcoming Star Trek convention in Las Vegas, uh, and many, many, uh, much, much more as we move and, and we wrap up season two of this podcast and we move into season three of our podcast. I promise you, Chris, I think season three of this podcast, based on the lineup that we're working on and the guests we're working on coming on the show, could be our best season yet. It is. It's going to take off just like, well, just like TNG took off on season three. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. That's a good, that's a good way to correspond it. So yeah. uh, we're looking forward to it. And, and it's one little sneak peek into season three, Chris, that I want to dive out there. We are going to jump into my most beloved show, Star <laughs> Trek Deep Space Nine. And uh, I already told Chris he's going to have to reel me in because that show I could go on for for hours and hours <laughs> and none of you want to listen to that. So anyways, this has been great. I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, be sure to check out Star Trek Picard season one and the first three episodes of season two streaming now on Paramount Plus, which used to be CBS All Access. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, even though... We didn't necessarily rate it that high. I still recommend you go watch it. Go watch it. Get your thoughts for yourself because you may rate it higher. You may rate it lower. You may think that the show absolutely sucks or you may think it's the best Star Trek show that's been made to date. That's up to you to decide. And we hope you were able to go watch it and enjoy it and let us know for yourselves what you think. So thanks as always again, Chris. Uh, always love getting on here and just talking nerd stuff with you. Uh, and we look forward to uh, the next episode of the Random Redshirt Podcast coming to you very soon so be sure to stay tuned for that and we will catch you next time on the random retro podcast take care everybody <laughs>